This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report as well from Sierra Doctor. To start off today's show, we've got Harvest Hotline, brought to you by the North Dakota Mill, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Amity Technology. Galen Affield says farmers in the Fergus Fall area are at varying stages of harvest. Weather has been a challenge. There's still some soybeans that need to be combined yet, and they're definitely damp. And there's corn out there yet. I would say quite a bit of corn um, that is out there yet. But then again, there's some guys that are done and tillage is done and all that stuff. So it's all over the board. you got to remember it's always average precipitation. You know, They always tell us at the end of the year, well, we had an average precipitation. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it comes when you want it. Right now, you know, the crops, well, I think I'll get off, you know, but the, some of the field work might not get done. Yields have been variable on all crops after only spotty rains throughout the growing season. In our area, I mean, there again, they're all over the place. I mean, there, there was some soybeans that were not very good at all, and then there were some that, that you know, or average, maybe a little bit above average, and corn the same way. Some real poor and some average and some not too bad. So, West Central Ag Services grain merchandiser Randy Zimmerman says most soybean harvest is wrapped up near Eulen, the but there's still corn to come off the field. We're pretty much wrapped up with soybean harvest, and we had a really good run this year. Highly variable yields across our territory, you know, the haves and have-nots of the rain and, and whatnot, but soybeans fairly well wrapped up. We still do have room if guys need to finish up a field or two that may be out there on soybeans. And then corn, I'd say we're probably in that 30 to 40 percent complete with corn harvest. We did fill up on corn last week ahead of that storm, and then now we got some trains coming, so we'll have some space available. And should be good once we get going here, maybe you know, through mid-November anyway for space as far as corn goes. Combine still mostly at a standstill. We got one to three inches or maybe even a little more in some of our territory of snow. And until some of that melts off, uh, the combines in the field aren't rolling. Uh, we've been taking some dry corn in to make some space in some of the farmers' bins. Um, so if people have questions, they certainly could call ahead to their um, delivery site to figure out a plan of action going forward. But I think we're going to be able to accommodate uh, for the most part going forward and getting most of these guys completed in the next two weeks or so. At Elgin, North Dakota, Harlan Klein says harvest is stalled until snow melts off the crop. High yields still wait in the field. Corn and sunflowers are what's left. The soybeans we finished before the snows. There's a little bit of soybean in our area that's left yet, but not much. Right now we're just looking at a whole lot of white ground and waiting for the snow to get off the crop. Uh, We just started the sunflower harvest here when this weather system set in, so we're just getting started on the row crop side of the harvest here this year. This has been probably the best crop I've ever harvested throughout my whole farming career here and stuff. We've had ample rain. We had a little dry spell, got a little warm a little bit, but then the rains came, and I mean, it made for a tremendous production year. Harvest will likely have to wait until the ground freezes, but Klein isn't too worried that they're not back in the field yet. 
it's just been a challenge to get things off. It's been wet during weed harvest. It was wet, got wet this fall again, a lot of rain. Uh, then we've got this 10, 12 inches of snow that came in here now and then try to get things where you can get around. The ground is not froze under the snow, so it's muddy. And conditions right now are just not ready to where we can get going again. I can remember, and this has been years ago, but I finished harvesting on the 15th of February. I'm not too concerned about it yet. It's just the impatience. I'd like to be done and not have to think, well, I got to go get combines or anything today in the cold weather. The final fall crop insurance price for corn, $4.88 per bushel. That's down from $5.90 per bushel last spring. For soybeans, the harvest price is $12.84. That compares to $13.79 in the spring. Even without a yield loss, the downturn in corn prices will likely trigger a revenue payment for 85% coverage. See your crop insurance agent for more details. And that's Harvest Hotline, brought to you by Amity Technology, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and the North Dakota Mill. USDA has made some changes with its approach to the emergency relief program for 2022. Like payment limits, a progressive payment factor will be applied to the assistance payment. For example, a farmer with a calculated loss of $100,000 in 2020 would have received $75,000 plus a refund for a portion of the crop insurance premium. With the progressive payment factor for 2022, the same farmer with a $100,000 loss will receive just over $11,000. The reimbursements for crop insurance premiums will only be available to farmers who qualify as underserved. Speaker Mike Johnson wants to have the farm bill on the House floor by late December. Livestock Marketing Association Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs Chelsea Good describes that as an aggressive timeline but remains optimistic. Short-term farm bill extension would still be necessary to conference with the Senate. I think that the, the ideal would be a product that gets worked on in early 2024 to, to avoid that election time frame. Also keep in mind that we've got um, certain people like uh, the chairwoman of the Senate Ag Committee that have announced they're not going to run for re-election. So I think she's pretty motivated to get something done um, in, here in her last term of Congress. LMA priorities for the Farm Bill, including support for FMD vaccine banks. We also care about the things that matter to producers. Things like crop insurance um, are important to producers across the United States, and we're supportive there. From a livestock auction perspective in, in particular, there are some bills we've been working on that we think could be a good fit for the farm bill. For example, um, it's actually weirdly um, illegal for a livestock auction to own or invest in a packing facility that kind of dates back 100 years more to the terminal markets, not to your open outcry auctions of today. We've got a lot of members of Congress supporting making an adjustment there. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports from the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis this week. Our coverage of the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo is brought to you by CHS, the nation's largest farmer-owned cooperative and proud supporter of FFA, a Country Farm Credit Services, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated in its Dinner Bell Creamery, Proceed, and Corteva. National FFA Central Region Vice President Karsten Cantrell says she'll be busy this week chairing general sessions and delegate business. 
As National FFA officers, we chair all seven of the general sessions. Um, we'll have over 25,000 members um, present at some of those sessions. And so I'm just excited to get to be on stage and celebrate all the members who are coming across stage, but also just get to walk through the convention center and have conversations with students who are maybe zipping up their jacket for the first time and just really get to reward the people who have invested in the organization bring honor to those partners who have given their time, talent, and resources to ensure that this is happening, and I'm just excited to be a small part of that this week. Cantrell says FFA has taught her how to give back to her community and other younger students. I think something that it's that this blue jacket has truly shown me is the opportunity to give back in future ways outside of the blue and gold jacket. I've found a lot of different paths and passions and things that are important to me, one of those being agricultural communication. So students who are actively enrolled in school-based agricultural education start an out-of-classroom um, project, essentially, um, and mine was agricultural communication. So I had a livestock blog and my own um, agricultural photography business, and I would just post on my blog every single week about life on a farm, things that were happening within our public legislature revolving around agriculture, and, and it's been really exciting to know that that all came from a passion that started as a junior in high school in an FFA class. Coverage of convention is sponsored by Minnesota Farmers Union, South Dakota Farmers Union, Farm Credit Services of Mandan, Nutrien, Minnesota Farm Bureau, and Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. Reporting agriculture's business from Indianapolis, I'm Sierra Doctor here on the Red River Farm Network. President Joe Biden, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack visiting Dutch Creek Farms at Northfield, Minnesota. President will announce $5 billion in investments in rural America. Minnesota State Senator Rob Kupek of Moorhead says visits like this are important to the agriculture industry. In so many states and including Minnesota, it's our farm economy that drives our economy. And so it's a huge part of the U.S. economy, and we need to make sure, you know, we're giving due diligence to that sector of the economy. And the president's going to, you know, you know, kind of visit a farm that really kind of sums up ag in Minnesota. Um, they do hogs, they do soybeans, they do corn uh, on the farm that he's visiting. I mean, those are kind of three of the biggest areas in agriculture in Minnesota. So I think he'll get a good, you know, sample of that. And, you know, it's always good to get out to those ground level places, not just talk to groups and lobbying groups, but to get out, talk with actual farmers is always a plus. President Joe Biden and, China, and Chinese President Xi Jinping have agreed to meet later this month in San Francisco. Relations have been tense between the two countries in recent years. The meeting will be held on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Corporation Summit. Water levels on the Mississippi River continue to impact barge movement. During a webinar hosted by the Northern Crops Institute, CHS Global Grains and Processing Manager of Barge Freight, Ben Doan, says we were more prepared this year. The Corps of Engineers made it their goal to make sure that this wasn't going to happen again. So they took it upon themselves to put a significant amount of dredging operations in place all summer long here back in 2023 to make sure that if, if it happened again, we we're going to be a lot more well prepped. So credit to the Corps. And that's exactly what happened. 2023, fast forward the clock to, to this past September, October, and lightning struck twice, but the industry was just a lot more well prepped. Um, there were a lot less overloaded barges in the system uh, because the industry was very mindful of what had just happened. Major traffic shutdowns were averted. We did deal with intermittent closures, and we did deal with uh, groundings and uh, closures that lasted up to a couple days, but we avoided the full two-week closure. 
Get the latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can find those at rrfn.com and most anywhere you get your podcasts. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A new option for carbon credits is gaining popularity that would allow producers to participate in carbon credits for practices already in place. NDSU Extension Bioenergy Economics Specialist David Ripplinger says to be on the lookout for carbon inset programs. One of the many ways it's being looked at is providing funding for these carbon inset programs, uh, which are new to the market, very much new to agriculture, but looking a little bit more long-term will likely become a, a common part of marketing crops and, and livestock in North Dakota agriculture and agriculture across the Midwest and agriculture across the country. It's an exciting opportunity for those who have already been using certain practices for years. Agricultural producers who already do no-till, um, you know, the idea that they could now participate in carbon reduction programs, you know, be able to collect a payment for something that they've been doing, uh, something that has a positive benefit off the farm, uh, it is really eye-opening and, and exciting for, for a group of people who thought that they were going to be excluded. With spring wheat harvest over, spring wheat basis has improved slightly. Spring wheat basis at the grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, range from 30 to 90 under the December Minneapolis futures contract. Corn basis bids are mostly unchanged from a couple of weeks ago, ranging from 45 to 75 under the December futures. Soybean basis has moved to the January contract. Basis there range from 85 to $1.15 under the January contract. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis December wheat a penny and a quarter higher at seven ten and a half. Chicago six and a half higher at five sixty two and three quarters. Kansas City wheat eleven and a half higher at six forty and a half. December corn futures three lower at four seventy five and a half. Soybeans January four and a half higher at thirteen fifteen. March soybeans three and a half higher at thirteen twenty eight and a quarter. Live cattle December futures down two cents at one eighty three fifty two. Feeder cattle November futures seventy two cents higher at two thirty eight forty two. January feeders uh, seventy two cents higher as well at two thirty seven ninety two. Lean hogs December futures down a dollar forty five at seventy dollars twenty seven cents. February lean hogs down a dollar fifty. This is the Red River Farm Network.